0: Welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. Jesus was teaching a crowd in the north shore of the Galilee, and a part of that teaching. He began talking about prayer. This is what he said. It's found in the Gospel of, uh, of Matthew, chapter 6. And I apologize. I, uh, I got the wrong chapter up. There we go. Here we go. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men assuredly. Uh, Please don't put that one up yet. That's the, this is a different one. Just go ahead and put prayer works up there for me. I've got it. You're tricking me right now. Because <laughs> on my screen is a different picture than is on their screen. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> <clears throat> this is what Pastor looks like when he's embarrassed. We're going to start again, Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogue and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard by their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven James records in chapter 5 of his epistle that Elijah was a man of like nature as you and me, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three and a half years, and then he prayed again, and the heavens gave forth the rain, and the earth brought forth its bounty. For the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now watch. George Washington, our first president, was a man of prayer. On one occasion, when a large number of his troops were trapped on Long Island outside of Brooklyn, and he was about to lose that entire segment of his army, He rode his horse back and forth on the shore praying for those men and for their deliverance. And God gave them a miraculous deliverance. I shared that with you several weeks ago. Reese Howells was saved in the Welch revival, and he opened a Bible school in Wales. And one of the significant parts of that Bible school was he trained them to be intercessors. And in his book, it's kind of a biography about him, written by Norman Grubb, entitled Intercessors. He records how that during World War II, when word would come that the Allied forces were in great danger, he would go to prayer and he would call the whole school to prayer, sometimes praying the whole night through. But there would be a miraculous deliverance. One of those occasions was when the Luftwaffe was making another air raid on Great Britain. And there, there was such a heavy air raid that Mr. Churchill went down to the headquarters and said we got to get every one of our planes in the air and the air commander said to him we have no more planes to put in the air and yet the Luftwaffe kept coming in greater numbers but suddenly miraculously the Luftwaffe turned and went back to the mainland one of the Nazi pilots that was shot down in that air raid was captured and they in the interrogation the pilot asked what was that secret weapon you folks had and he, they said we don't have a secret weapon yeah you did you had a secret weapon and we knew we couldn't stand against it that's why we turned back actual documentation reveals that whatever that secret weapon was that was revealed at that moment was at the exact hour that Reese Howells and the students at the Bible School in Wales was in earnest intercessory prayer for the British Air Force. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Back in the 1980s, one of my deacons and his wife came to me greatly, greatly troubled because their daughter was dating a young man who was not a believer, who did not have a good reputation. And they were concerned that this young man was going to lead her away from her faith and away from from the Christian walk that she had and the walk of purity that she walked in. And they said, Pastor, we got to pray. And I reminded them of a promise that we have in... One of the minor prophets, and I took her to that promise, and the promise is this. It is when the prophet's wife is prostituting herself, and he begins praying for God to build a hedge around his wife, that when she would pursue ungodly relationships, she would hit that hedge of thorns and turn back. And I said, we can pray that for your daughter. And here's what we'll do. Every Sunday morning before service, you come, you catch me, we will get together, and we will put our hearts together in unity and in agreement together, and we will pray an intercessory prayer that a hedge of thorns will be built around your daughter, that when she pursues this relationship she will be turned back the third week they came and they said pastor she's broke off that relationship and she's seeking the lord see prayer works a few weeks ago one of our families said we need prayer for our son he needs healing and we went to earnest prayer crying out for his healing and they contacted us in just a couple of days and said, he has been healed. Last Sunday, a prayer request came in from one of our widows that we needed to stand with her in prayer for an apartment, that she was going to have to have an apartment. And she was concerned she couldn't find an apartment here in Hermiston that she could afford. She was concerned she was going to have to move out of the community and would we please pray with her? I happened to see her in one of the stores this week. And she comes and said, Pastor, can I tell you something? I said, sure. She said, Pastor, that very day that you prayed for me, an apartment opened, and it is perfect, and it's just what I can afford And it's here in town, and she was so just lit up because God had so answered prayer. Come on, let's give God a praise. Come on. Prayer, prayer works, but we have to pray in faith. Amen? we got to pray in faith. Jesus, in these instructions, gave some very interesting instructions to you and to me about prayer. First, he talked about the religious people that use religious words and wonderful-sounding words and impressive words But they're not praying to be heard by God. They're praying to be heard by men. He says, don't don't be like that. And then he talks about the pagans who pray repeated over and over, saying the same thing over and over and over and over. And And he says, they do that because they think they're going to be heard for their many words, but they're praying to a god that has eyes but cannot see, who has ears but he cannot hear, has hands but he can't heal and he can't save because he's simply made of wood or stone or whatever is in the human imagination that made that God, but that God cannot hear and he cannot answer prayers. But he says it's not like that for you. You're praying to your heavenly Father who loves you, And wants to hear your prayers. He wants you to pray. He wants to hear your prayers. Because he wants to answer your prayers. And so he says pray. Pray with words that have meaning. It's not the real religious sounding prayer that's heard by Almighty God. It's the passionate prayer of a faith-filled heart that gets answers to prayer. Look at me at Mark 11, Jesus' words. Jesus talked about this. Read it with me, would you please? So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Now stop just a moment. Jesus has done a miracle. And the next day, the disciples see the result of that miracle, and they are in absolute amazement. Now, this is my paraphrase. And they go, whoa, dude, look at that. Jesus, look at that. And Jesus is kind of going, Uh, yeah. And then he says these words. Let's hear it again. Everyone out loud. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. Faith filled praying. Passionate, faith filled praying. Praying with words that mean something. Have you heard someone pray and they were really kind of whining at God? Or have you heard someone pray, and they were reading a prayer out of a book, and it sounded really cool, but you went, I'm not sure what that just meant. Sounded cool, but I'm not sure. Sounded really religious, but I'm not sure what it meant. Jesus is saying, read with me now. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. And what? And you will have them. Say that last phrase with me again. Believe that you receive them and you will have them. Faith-filled praying. On another occasion, Jesus had been on the top of a mountain with Peter, James, and John. And he was coming back down from the mountain. While he was up on the mountain with those three disciples, the other disciples were at the base of the mountain. And a man came to them with a a son who was tormented by demons. And they had tried to cast the demons out. And they weren't getting anywhere with it. And the father was frustrated. And the demons were tormenting the boy, even throwing him into the fire. And Jesus came down. And the the father ran to Jesus and said, please heal my son. I took him to your disciples. They couldn't do anything with him. Jesus came. He cast the demon out of the boy. The boy was healed. Later that evening, the disciples come to Jesus, and they go, man, why could we not do that? Why couldn't we cast that demon out? This is Jesus' answer in Matthew chapter 17. Would you read with me, please? Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Look what he said. Look what he said. I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed... You will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and most things will be impossible to you. What do you mean, no? Nothing will be impossible. Isn't that what it says? Nothing will be impossible. See, Jesus is wanting you and I to understand something very, very important. And that is, it is not religious prayers that get answers. It is not whining and begging God that gets answers. It is faith-filled prayers that gets answers. And you don't have to be a super televangelist that goes around the world advertising miracles. To get answers. Just the faith of a mustard seed. Have you ever seen a mustard seed? How many of you have seen a mustard seed? Miss see your hand. Okay, many of you, not all of you. It's a teeny tiny little seed. But Jesus wants us to understand something, He wants us to trust that Heavenly Father loves us. And he wants us to pray, and he wants to answer our prayers. That's why he said on another occasion, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For to everyone who asks. For to everyone who asks. For to everyone one. Who asks? That's you. That's you. For to everyone who asks, he will receive. And to he that seeks, he shall find. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened to him. And then he goes on to say this. For if you being earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give good things to them that ask him? See, he's wanting you to understand that prayer is talking to your heavenly Father. It's talking to your heavenly Father. And you don't have to come to your heavenly Father and go, oh, great and awesome and mighty God who is so majestic and wonderful in the heavens. How great you are. And I, the peon, am asking you for a favor. And while we laugh at that, while we may not use those words and that tonality, we often use that attitude when praying. And God wants you to know something very, very real and very, very dynamic. He is your heavenly Father, and he wants you to pray because he wants to answer you. But he also wants you to trust him, that as your heavenly Father, he has your best at his heart. As your heavenly Father, he loves you. As your heavenly father, he has good things for you. As your heavenly father, you don't have to beg him. And you may go, but then, Pastor, why does sometimes it take so long to get the answer? There's a couple of reasons for that. One is you have an enemy who doesn't want you to get the answer. And he fights. Remember Daniel? The answer after 21 days finally got to Daniel. Daniel had prayed straight for 21 days. And the the angel, when he got there with the answer, said, Daniel, God answered the first day, but I've been fighting this demonic force who's been trying to keep me from getting here with the answer. Folks, sometimes our perseverance is because we are in a warfare for that answer. And it's okay. It's okay. Father loves you. We're just in a warfare for the answer. Other times, it is because... We pray with the wrong motive. And we pray, Scripture calls it a praying amiss, because we're praying out of the wrong motive. And we're wanting God to answer a prayer for us because we want our life to be better. We want our life to not have to go through this hassle. We don't want to deal with this person any longer. And we want God to answer. And God's going, but that person in your life is bringing great work in you. And you're wanting me to answer because you want your life to be better. Let let me illustrate it for you this way. A lady came to me one time. She said, Pastor, will you please pray for me that my husband will get saved and he'll get delivered from alcohol because I just can't stand living in this one more day. And I looked at her and I said, I can't pray that prayer. She said, why not? I said, because that's praying out of selfishness for you. How about we change the prayer? How about we pray Almighty God save him because God created him for a far better life than what he's got right now. How about we pray that prayer? And she realized, how she had been praying a selfish prayer and hadn't had an answer. She changed her prayer. God answered the prayer. God will. That's, see, That's why, that's why Jesus gave us a couple of illustrations of great faith. The first one was found when Jesus was at Capernaum The lesson I read from right at the beginning in Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus taught about prayer, when he finished that lesson, he went from that teaching time into the community of Capernaum. And as he came into Capernaum, a Roman centurion met him. And the Roman centurion had a servant that he really cared about that was, was very, very ill and at the point of death. And he asked Jesus, if he would please heal his servant. And Jesus said, I'd be glad to come to your house and and pray for him. And he said, no, 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 I'm a Roman centurion. I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. But if you'll just say the word, I know my servant will be healed. Because I, too, am a man under authority, and I command this one to go, and he goes, and this one to come, and he comes. He said, all you got to do is say the words, Jesus, and I know he'll be healed. And Jesus looked at that Roman centurion and said loud enough for the crowd to hear, I've not seen such great faith, even among the Jewish people. See, the the, the centurion understood authority. And because he understood authority and how authority worked, he had complete faith that Jesus could command the sickness to leave because he understood authority. And oftentimes we don't understand authority. And so our faith gets trapped because we don't understand authority and the power of authority that we have. Jesus Christ has given to you and to me the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. The enemy is subject to us because Jesus gave us the power of attorney. That's what we talked about last week in the message last week. The power of attorney Jesus gave to us to pray in his name because Jesus has all authority in heaven and in earth. And then he delegated to you and I in his name to exercise that authority against the powers of darkness, against demons, against sickness. Wow, let's use that authority. And you don't have to work it up. It's there. It's there. But let me, let me share something with you. Listen closely. Our self-talk, our thinking, and our emotions all have to be in agreement Because sometimes we're praying the right words, but in our mind we're thinking, I hope God does this. We're praying the right words, but our emotions are going, I don't think this is really going to happen. We're saying the right words, but we're just saying words, and they're not meaningful words because our thought life and our emotions are not in agreement with our words. We have to have all three in agreement, and then they have to be in agreement with God's word, and we're gonna come to that in just a moment. Dear ones, it's so important that we take and bring faith filled words into our self talk, into our thinking, into our emotions into the words that we use because so often our conversations with people nullify the prayers we prayed that morning. We prayed that morning, oh God, will you please heal my son? Would you please cause my daughter to not go where she's going? And then that day over coffee, we talk with our best friend and we go, man, I think my daughter's just going to go to hell. Wait a minute, you just prayed that morning, but your conversation is nullifying what you just prayed. Am I making sense here? Church family, is this making sense to you? Because here's what I'm, I'm hoping, that out of this message, absolutely, you will take a step forward in your faith that will crush the very gates of hell so that you can plunder hell so that you can walk in the victory that God has meant for you to walk in. you got to have faith-filled words in your thinking, faith-filled words in your emotions, faith-filled words in your conversation, and faith-filled words in your prayers because you know Almighty God has redeemed you and made you a son and daughter of God. You are a king and priest unto your God. And he has given you the authority to pray and to crush the gates of hell, to drive out demons, to drive out sickness, to bring victory into your home, to bring victory into your workplace, to bring victory into your own heart. Come on. Amen. Faith-filled words. Hmm. The other other thing that helps us have great faith is when we know we're praying according to God's will. I have heard this so many times, even by by pastors. Well, God, if it be your will, and I want to stop them right there and go, stop. Stop. If you're not certain if it's God's will, go to God's word and find out. Why? Well, because of what we have in John 5. Would you read it with me, please? Do we we have the scripture up there? We don't have. Why not? Because I didn't send it to you. It says this. If we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that He hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we ask of Him. Did you hear what He just said? If we pray according to His will, we know we have the petitions we ask of Him. So then, why would we then pray a prayer going, "God, I would you? I hope it's Your will, Lord. Would You please? Wait a minute." Wait a minute. Before you pray the prayer, find the scripture so that you can say to God, and I often say this to him, God, I'm reminding you of your promise. And God, because I know this is your promise, I know you're going to answer this prayer. And folks, listen, it is incredible how your faith rises when you know you're praying according to his will. Of course, it's God's will for your son and daughter to be saved and delivered and set free. Of course it's God's will for you to be healed. Why? Because the scripture says, and by his stripes we were healed. Yeah, Isaiah says, by his stripes we are healed. But then in Peter, in his epistle, says, in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, by his stripes we were healed. It's a completed work. Come on, amen? If you lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Come on, it is God's will. Well, but how do I know if it's God's will for me? Then you dig it out so that you pray with confidence. Because when you pray with confidence, you pray with faith-filled words. When you pray with faith-filled words, your mind, your words, and your emotions can all be in agreement. And in that agreement, there is great power, there is great authority, and the enemy cannot stop it. He may fight it, but he can't stop it. Pray with faith filled words. This is God's will for your life. God loves you, He's your heavenly Father. And He wants you to be more than just religious. He wants you to be faith-filled, and he wants you to walk in victory. Would you stand with me, please? I would like you to close your eyes for a moment and concentrate on these words I'm about to say. Ephesians 1:4, According as he hath chosen us in him, before the foundation of the world, you should be holy, without blame, be for him, in a love relationship, having adopted you in Christ Jesus, according to his good pleasure. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 and has raised us up and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 he hath made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him Romans chapter five, verse one. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter eight in all these things we are more than conquerors. For I'm persuaded that neither life nor death nor principality nor power, the things present nor things to come, or things on earth nor things in heaven, nor any other thing shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. All of these scriptures are talking about who you are. This is who you are. And God wants you to bring your thought life, your conversation, and your emotions into agreement with who he says you are. So that what he says in Hebrews, you can approach the throne of grace boldly. You can come to God boldly in prayer. Because you know Jesus Christ has made it possible for you to do that. And he wants you there. Come boldly before God in prayer. Faith filled words. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us. At five four one five six seven four four eight six or email us at info at winacity.com.